0: Welcome in to the It's In World Podcast. Tom Hackett, Steve. Bottles back. Bottles back. Steve.
1: <laughs> What's up, Tom?
0: How you doing, man?
1: Man, I'm good. Uh, I, uh, a little hiatus for me, but uh, I'm good, man. I'm I'm glad to be back. <laughs> good, good. Well, I, I'll have you
0: know, uh, last week, Trevor Allen filled in. Um, and I didn't good old tell... Trev. I didn't tell anybody that listens to the podcast, Steve, where you were. I just said you've gone missing for a minute, and that's okay. (laughs) Uh, But I'm really happy you're back. And so I'm glad you're healthy, you look good, and your wedding's (laughs) next week.
1: Yeah, dude. We're, uh, what are we, eight days? Eight days from today. It's crazy, man. Man. And then you go to a married uh, man. You go to Jamaica, right, for your honeymoon. Dominican Republic. Ah,
0: very similar, <laughs> I think. Yeah,
1: they're, <laughs> I don't, I don't they're down the there. there. <laughs> it's warm. It's a island. Yeah, it's
0: beautiful. That's all. So, um, oh, well, we're, we're happy to have you. Uh, we've got a fun show. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Utah's returning talent. ESPN came out with a story uh, during this week. Steve has done a number of articles on that, so we need to touch on that. And then, of course, the quarterback conversation we were going to have last week, but 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 Steve wasn't with us. So, so we figured we'd, we'd have that conversation this week. Um, and try and have some fun with it uh, as well. I'm sure there's recruiting news we'll get to. Hey, Nate Wade Subaru our sponsor. Without them, this podcast would not be possible. 2107 South Main Street. Or you can just head to com for any of your car's needs. Uh, Steve, talk to us about this article. What? Uh, so Utah's returning uh,
1: the eighth uh, most? Eighth? The eighth most. So this is, this comes from uh ESPN's Bill Connolly who's uh you know he's he's done a lot of um you know when you talk about like preseason rankings he's he's responsible for like ESPN's uh SP plus which is like a big big thing for for college football fans that you know are looking for like power rankings and that kind of thing so Bill Connolly's been doing this for years um and he did a breakdown on, on returning production uh, for 2021. And Utah is set to return the eighth most production um, by Bill Connolly's uh, rankings, his SB plus and how he kind of factors and what he values. And it's really interesting when you take a, a deeper look into it. So obviously, Utah, uh, the Jake Bentley transferred. Um, the, the loss of Ty Jordan is, is, you know, a painful one that, you know, he, he accounted for a lot of production, but, um, you know, Utah, Utah brought in a couple transfers, Charlie Brewer, TJ Pledger, Chris Curry, who produced not for Utah per se, but they produced for Baylor and Oklahoma and LSU. And, and that kind of factors into it as well. And, you know, it's. It's good to see that because they produced, they played last year. That should account for something, and so all of those guys contribute to Utah's returning production. And and so, uh, yeah, Utah's you know set to return the eighth most, um, which is and the crazy thing is is like eighth most in the country, but only the fourth most in the Pac-12. Right. I think UCLA, Washington State and Oregon State all return more production uh, wow. than Utah does next season. So, I mean, that's just – and then you've got Oregon, Arizona State, Colorado, and Washington all in the top 15 of the country in terms of returning production. So, it just – it speaks to how, um, how much is returning next year in the Pac-12, the competition that we'll see. It's going to be tough. Like, we're all excited for Utah and everything that they return – Uh, particularly on the defense side of the ball. We all kind of expect Utah to take that leap back into uh, elite defensive conversations. Uh, But, man, you look across the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 returns a lot, uh, nearly an equal amount of production um, in their own right. So uh, just next year is going to be intense, man. It's going to be fun.
0: I, I'm really, I'm really excited for it as well. But uh, th- there are a couple key losses that I think are important. Oh, you, you touched on yeah. Ty Jordan and the tragic mm-hmm. passing, and, and Utah fans, and ourselves included, are not going to get over that loss uh, really for forever, probably. No, uh, just, yeah. just heartfelt. Uh, but then, of course, the loss of the loss of Nate Ritchie, Steve, is, is also, yeah. you know, he's going on a two-year mission. In case, in case those out there didn't realize, so. So he played as a, as a true freshman. And I thought as the season went on, you know, he became more versatile as a safety. We saw him kind of yeah. drop into the box, play alongside linebackers. He would disguise uh, defensive packages by occasionally even even coming all the way up to the line of scrimmage before the, the ball had been snapped. And, and then when he did sit back into his safety position, he was a ball hawk. He flew around. He made plays. Um, he When he blitzed, he got into the backfield. I mean, and that was as the season progressed. We started to see more and more of that. I think Nate Ritchie is a big, big blow for Utah in 2021, Steve. So so, what do you think? Do you agree with me? And then furthermore, who, who do you anticipate kind of replacing or filling those shoes in 2021? Is that too early to tell at this point?
1: Yeah. Nate Ritchie was uh turned into a very productive player for Utah. I think he was third... Third in terms of total tackles on the team behind Devin Lloyd and Nephi Sewell. So that, I mean, that just speaks to his, uh, how productive he was. He finished the year with 28 tackles. Uh, I think he had like a tackle for for loss. I think he had a sack as well. Uh, Nate Ritchie just kind of turned into a very, very productive player. He's, he's an ideal fit at that strong safety position with his size at, you know, 6'2", 200 pounds got good athleticism for the position um you know he was he was the ideal player in that role and so it's it's not going to be easy for Utah to replace him um but they've got they've got talent behind him they recruited three safeties in that same class with Nate Ritchie uh you know you've got Zia Vaughn who was kind of a um a surprise type of a uh a Camp breakout type guy where he just kind of turned heads in camp uh, during fall camp last year and you know I, he even he was the guy that had the interception at halftime versus Washington that resulted in one of the uh, the sideline guys taking a tumble and and that that was Zayma Vaughn um, you know and then you've got R J Hubert returning from injury uh, he was kind of expected to to compete and fight for a starting job this year but just. Uh, you know, they got into camp and realized he wasn't fully ready to, uh, to give a hundred percent, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, and when you have a, a devastating injury, like the one that Hubert suffered, you know, in the, in the championship game the previous year, you, you never know uh, what the, what a, a true recovery is going to look like. And so, you know, fortunately you had guys like Vontae Davis and, and Nate Ritchie step up and kind of take control of, of the two starting jobs and, you know, they were healthy the entire year and productive. So uh, I think you got to look at R.J. Hubert as primary candidate to uh, take control of the, the other starting safety spot opposite of Vontae Davis. And I think the, the key thing for the safety position is the fact that you did have Vontae Davis kind of emerge as a playmaker. Yeah. You know, he made, made plays in that Washington State game that were crucial. Uh, you know you had the the tackle for loss against Jaden Delora on fourth down where he just kind of came out of nowhere and made the tackle he, he forced the fumble that that Clark Phillips picked up and returned for for some yards as well he was just he turned into you know arguably the the biggest surprise on that defensive unit yeah um, so uh, Utah's got some good players coming in as well. They recruited two safeties this cycle, and Cole Bishop from Georgia, who's you know kind of in that same mold of of Nate Ritchie, uh, that 6'2", 6'3", 200 three, two hundred pound type athlete. Um, I don't think he's as fluid an athlete as as Nate Ritchie. Nate Ritchie benefited from playing soccer, so he had great feet. Like he was he was smooth, man. Um, but I do think that that Cole Bishop has some some in, intriguing traits in terms of his athleticism and, and his ability and coverage. Then you also bring in Darian Stewart. Both of these guys are, have already enrolled and they're at, they're in school going through workouts. So they're getting a jump on everything uh, which should benefit them, you know, and then you've got, I I kind of already mentioned to him, but Kamoi Latu and Ben Renfro, both of whom joined uh, over the summer with Nate Ritchie. And uh, you know, they're going to be guys that compete for that starting job as well. So uh, it's going to be tough to replace Nate Ritchie, obviously, with the type of talent that he is. But Utah's definitely got players that, that are, are capable of of filling in his shoes.
0: I must admit, when I say, you know, I'm concerned as to how Utah fills the void of Nate Ritchie, I, I, I'm not really all that concerned. Uh, like, sure. like, like I'd, rather him, I'd rather him be here. But I'm happy yeah. he's going on a mission because if, if, if that's what makes you sleep better at night. So be it. Um Go on your mission, come back in two years' time, yeah. and hopefully it works out for you. Utah on the defensive side, Steve, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty content with, and I will be, to be quite frank, under Carl Whittingham every year. I, ju- I yeah. just – like, like yeah, people freak out um, when we lose, uh, I don't know, like all of our defensive line like we did two years ago. It's just L- like, Last year we you were You just fine. reload. We yeah. were fine, man. We were good. Yep. Yeah, it's like we lost Jalen Johnson. Well, Clark Phillips came. We lost uh, – Julian Blackman and uh, Nate Ritchie came and I get it. Like uh, Nate Ritchie's not Julian, who J- Julian Blackman was, but he's still very good. And he may, he may mm-hmm. get to that level. He may get better. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Defensively Utah year after year, they're, they're going to be good. And I'm okay. I'm okay. Just trusting um, the coaching staff to do their thing and, and produce because that's what, that's all they do on the defensive side. Now the offensive side, not so much, Steve. I, I, I just, And and again, this was a a lot of the conversation we had before last season. Like a lot of the conversation we had last season was everybody's talking about how the the, the throw game, right, the passing game, the passing threat, if you will, is going to end up winning Utah games. And you and I sat here and spent hours upon hours talking about how we need to see it before we believe it. And what do you know? Ty Jordan was, uh, in my opinion, the best freshman running back, not just in the Pac-12, in the entire country, took flight. Uh, and, and Utah won games by running the football. It's the same yeah. conversation ahead of 2021, is it not? It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Utah yeah. returns Brant Keithy, Britton Covey, Solomon Enos. Uh they, they lost Brian Thompson, which which does sting. Cole Fotheringham, Dalton Kincaid, like they they have so many guys that can catch the football for them. But are they going to be able to? Are they going to be able to do it in crunch time? Or, or is or is this running back core cool of Chris Curry, uh, T.J. Pledger, Micah Bernard, and and company? Are they going to be the ones that that Utah and Carl Woody can rely on? Look, we'll get into that conversation over the coming weeks. For now. I think we need to have a conversation about the quarterback, Stephen. And, and we teased this oh, sure. two two episodes ago at the end of it. Um, Jackson Dart is headed to USC. He is the old Corner Canyon quarterback. He's a four-star talent. He had just about every offer in the Pac-12, except for Utah. Um, Peter Costelli came instead. He's a four-star guy out a matter of day. Very proud program, high school program in California. Now, this is just a few years after the fact that Jack Tuttle, King Tut, baby, came to the U only to, to leave, what, a year after the fact? And they didn't offer Zach Wilson because they had King Tut on the books. Uh, my, This is my dilemma is um, – Utah high school football is getting better every single year. And to, to be good, to be really good, you have to do, I just think you have to fight for in-state kids. Um, that's just me. I, I just think you, you, sure. you, you have to offer them, in my opinion, to, to, try, and, to try and build that respect in your backyard. Um, Utah hasn't done that. They've gone to California, and and Steve, it's worth noting. There's good reason they they've gone to California for, and I know Jack Tuttle didn't didn't pan out. Peter Castelli might, he might not, but California has produced so many good quarterbacks over the years. Yeah, what, what, what do you make of of how Utah has gone about handling the quarterback position, specifically as it relates to in-state quarterbacks?
1: And it's it's obviously when you talk about in-state quarterbacks, um, it's interesting because not only, you know, you're talking about Jackson Dart talking about Zach Wilson, but, you know, Cam and Cooper out of Lehigh was was in that conversation in that same cycle of Jack Tuttle and Zach Wilson. And, you know, he ended up at Washington State. And so, you know, there have been some some good quarterbacks to come out of the state uh, in in recent years, and I think that speaks to the the talent level rising in the state. And it's it's interesting. This whole conversation is fascinating because Utah is very thorough in in terms of their evaluations of kids. Um, this is not something that that happens, you know, their senior season. Utah is evaluating kids as freshmen, as sophomores, as juniors all of those all of that goes into their their evaluation particularly at the quarterback position where you kind of have to recruit that position earlier than any other position that you know you're going after and so you've got to get on a, you've got to get a jump on those kids and so peter costelli was a kid that they started evaluating you know before his sophomore season really and he's got the athleticism he's got the arm Steve. he's got yeah
0: you weren't on this podcast last week, and I don't think I mentioned that. So I was speaking to a player, and he said that they were doing some shuttle drills, some timing. Peter, Peter Costelli had the second fastest, like shuttle drill or something, yeah.
1: on the entire. Bro, he's a team, freak, dude. Yeah, he's a freak. He's he's like he's an athlete, dude. Like he's sorry, like, carry on. I just,
0: just wanted yeah. to fill you no, in.
1: No, that's awesome. Like he's we have LeBron James athlete. at quarterback all of a sudden. Yeah. That's that's what Utah is bringing into the quarterback is into the quarterback room. Is just he's he's an athlete, but he's you know he's a pocket passer first and foremost. Like that's how he operates as is as a pocket passer. He's just got incredible athleticism that he can rely on, you know, when things aren't there. And and that's such a weapon for Utah when you know you're not recruiting the the elite offensive linemen, you're not going to have time in the pocket. You've got to be able to. You know that's got to be something that you value as a quarterback who can escape, can create with his legs, um, and so you know all of that goes into it. But when it, when you're talking about the local talent, yeah, it would be nice to see Utah, you know, take a chance on, on a local kid and go all in uh, on a kid. But I think part of that is you know you've you've got to find a quarterback that you know is is playing at an <laughs> at an elite level you know, early on, because all of it goes into that evaluation. And, you know, you can go through the history of Jackson He played at Roy, didn't put up the same numbers that he did at Corner Canyon, uh, made a lot of great throws. Like I remember going to a game of his, it was Roy versus Layton. And I remember watching him late first half and he leads Roy on a drive and he's just making throws on a little corner route in between the safety and corner. You're just like, man, this kid's got it. Like, why isn't this kid getting recruited? And then he goes to, you know, a program like Corner Canyon where they're just cranking out production like it's nothing, you know, on the offensive side of the ball and he blows up. And so part of it is the timing of this whole thing, right? When you're talking about Jackson Dart and that whole situation, Utah got Peter Costelli's commitment in place. I think it was like March or April. So it was very, very early in the process, much earlier than we've ever seen Utah really take a commitment at the quarterback position. Um, so you get your – and he was their top target. Like, that's the thing is, like, he was their top guy. There was no doubt about it. He had offers from everybody, like Oregon, Northwestern, Michigan State, LSU. You know, so you get your top guy, you're feeling good. And so do you then continue recruiting the quarterback position when you've got your top guy? Like, that's kind of the situation. Utah Bro. isn't known as a, as a quarterback school – and like, I get you want to see Utah do it, but the fact is, like, Utah is, doesn't have a great reputation at the quarterback position. How do you change that? Well, you've got to do, you've got to show it on the field first. And you're not going to do it on the recruiting trail. You got to do it on the field first. And I think that's kind of the thing here is they had their quarterback commitment in place. Jackson Dart blows up, but you can't, you can't risk your losing your top target. Um, when you're not a quarterback school, like USC, yeah, they can take two or three quarterback commits because they, they obviously have the track record at quarterback. Like eventually Utah will get there. Um, but they're not going to do it, you know, on the recruiting trail right now, just because they don't have that great reputation.
0: And I get, I I get, I get that. I do. I, I understand that. And I get the risk that, that that is associated to, to offering two four-star kids. But but at the same time, Steve, I'm like, you know, a part of me is, thinks this, because if you look at, like, the best quarterbacks that have ever played the game, um, sure. Tom Brady, great example, just coming off his seventh Super Bowl. Um, they're, like, they're, they're built differently in between the years, right? Like Yeah. They're just, oh, yeah. And, and this isn't just – I shouldn't just say, like, a quarterback. This is really any professional – athlete that separates themselves from the rest of the pro athletes they're just yeah. built differently in between years and they're mentally they're so strong and and even if they're feeling tired or sore or they're hurting they just like they won't show it because they know that's yeah. a sign of weakness and they don't want to give anything away to the opposition i mean it's just like it's it's next le- level sort of stuff. And so part of me is thinking like, okay, if Utah wants to turn itself into a quarterback school, they're going to have to go out there and find tough quarterbacks, like skilled quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong, but tough in between the years as well. Yeah. Because first of all, Utah's a tough program. It's, it's, it's difficult to, to yeah. go to. You, you work hard. It's relentless. It's, it's t- sometimes exhausting. Um, and it are, uh, and the program itself asks a lot of you. So Peter Castelli, for example, comes to utah he's already on campus he's working out like he's he has to fight for the position now like he was always going to have to fight for the spot you know and he knew that every recruit that goes to college knows that you know i guess sometimes it it just gets given to you depending on the school but but for the most part you you do have to prove your worth and you have to fight for the fight for the job and and whether you're fighting Jackson Dart, who's the same age as you, or you're fighting Cam Rising or Charlie Brewer, who's a little bit older than you, you have to fight and compete for that job if you want to play quarterback at the college level. And so that's kind of where I'm at. Is you know, let's just say, uh, let's just say Utah offers Peter Costelli, and then months later they offer Jackson Dart, and Peter Costelli says, "Hey, that's not nice." I don't like that you just offered another four-star quarterback. I'm going to go pursue other offers. To be quite fair, if he can't handle that, he's probably not the guy for you. He's just probably not because sure. he's not but, he's, he's not strong enough to handle. Like like competition is what breeds greatness. You sure. can't handle us offering a ki- another kid. Well, what are you scared of losing? If you're scared of losing, yeah. we don't want you. Do you know what I mean? See, yeah. yeah.
1: I absolutely. I do. And but I don't think it's I don't think it's fair <laughs> it, because I don't think Peter Costelli demanded any of that. You know what I mean? Like if that's how Utah operates, like that's on them. That's not on that's not on Costelli. Like I don't think Costelli made any of these demands. And so it's sure like that's the thing. We like we know it happened with Jack Tuttle. <laughs> like we know that for a fact. I don't think that's the case with Peter Costelli this time nah. around. I think it was just Utah, this is just this is just how they operate. Maybe you know, they're, they're scared. They're going in. Maybe that's God
0: from Jack Tuttle, Steve.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe. And you know, I think with the thing here is um, the transfer portal, particularly for the quarterback position, is going to be you know a, a great resource for Utah to add you know additional quarterback talent. <laughs> just like this year, you know, they go from bringing in one quarterback, Computer Costelli. You know, and then all of a sudden, two days after the early signing period, they bring in two transfers. One of which is a four-year starter. The other uh, of the other one is a four-star number three quarterback in the previous class. And so, like the transfer portal is always going to be uh, a great resource for quarterback talent. The other positions, whatever. Like we don't know, but the the transfer portal has kind of opened uh, a big door for other programs to add talent. Um, you know, you look at the the playoffs over the last couple of years and all of the transfer quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, so on and so on. And so that's always going to be a, a, a resource for Utah when adding talent to the, the quarterback position. So I, I think, you know, it's it's a tough spot to be in because obviously you want to see Jackson Dart at Utah. Like I told I told a lot of people, I told a lot of my friends, I would love to see Jackson Dart, you know, in a Utah uniform leading the way for Utah. How cool would that be to have a local kid, you know, at the quarterback position leading the way he's a led, he's a legacy kid. Like that would be great to see that. But, you know, at the same time, you got to stick to your evaluations and, you know, as a football program, as an organization where your, your whole thing is scouting and developing, like you got to trust your evaluations yeah. And that's what this whole thing comes back to and, and why you stick to Peter Costelli. Like, yes, I would love to see Utah say, screw it, let's go get Jackson Dart. But if you offer him, there's no guarantee that Jackson Dart is going to end up at Utah anyways. Like, that's no, the thing no. that we so, all just kind of assume.
0: No, 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 no. And I agree with you, but but I think at least you offered them. And that's my point is, like, sure. like, like they didn't offer Zach Wilson. And who's to say they didn't? <laughs>
1: like, who's, who's to say they didn't, Tom? Steve, They're not, They're not allowed to go there. Steve, okay, all right, all right, okay, all right.
0: Uh, they didn't offer Zach Wilson, right? Yeah, and that's that's yeah. part of it too. Is like we're talking about okay, yeah. and, and I think this is where a lot of the conversation stems from. Is is there's no no question now that that, that Zach Wilson yeah. was a miss? Like like we're talking yeah. about a top two, three quarterback in the upcoming draft. Like he's a first round talent. He's he's probably a top five pick. I mean, if not top five, certainly top ten. You know, sure. And and, and he grew up a Utah fan, Steve. Like he grew up idolizing Rice Eccles Stadium and envisioning himself playing there. And he goes and plays at BYU, and it's like, oh my! And and we didn't offer him. And we offer Jack Tuttle. We offer the King Tuttle, man, who stunk it up. Like just. Yeah, that's big city. It's big city for Tut. And and I think that's part of it is, is the fact like so it would be one thing if Utah uh, offered Zach Wilson, but he didn't come. They they didn't even offer him. And and the other thing is like I've spoken yeah. to people, I've spoken to coaches, Steve in the state. Uh, one coach in particular saw both quarterbacks, Jack Tuttle and Zach Wilson at, at summer camps, and, and I think I said this last week, but but you weren't here, um, so I'll just repeat myself quickly. Is and this one particular coach has, has quite is quite friendly with the Utah coaches. He actually went and spoke to the Utah coaches and said, Hey, I think you're doing yourself a disservice by, by bringing in Jack Tuttle. I, I think Zach Wilson's better. Um, and of course, Utah kind of just like you said, stuck to their evaluation and scouting process and said no, we believe that Jack Tuttle's better, and of course he wasn't. And I'm I'm curious yeah. as to whether or not anything changed after that debacle. Um, that's I guess that's where where I'm at because because I don't think Utah scouted quarterbacks maybe as well as other teams,
1: maybe or, or handled yeah.
0: situations. I don't know. That's just that's just me guessing because again I'm not. Sure. I'm not in there speaking to everybody about about how this whole process works, but but man, they blew it, Steve, with Zach Wilson. They absolutely blew it with Zach Wilson, and 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 I they cannot be forgiven for that, if you ask me. That is as big of a blow as like if they had Zach Wilson at quarterback. I'm telling you, I think they win a Pac-12 championship.
1: See, like here's here's the thing, though. It's like Zach Wilson at Utah is not Zach Wilson at BYU, like. Zach Wilson is not coming in as a true freshman and starting in 2018. Like that is tr- Tyler Huntley was well-entrenched, you know, as a starter in, in 2018. He was well-entrenched as a starter in 2019. Like the first chance we get to see Zach Wilson and, you know, that's, you know, who, who knows if Zach Wilson earns earns the job between then. But it's hard to envision that with how Tyler Huntley played, um, you know, in 2018 and in 2019. It's just hard to see Zach Wilson – taking over and that's that's kind of the thing here is like it would be nice to have Zach Wilson in a Utah uniform looking back on it but you're we're not sitting here in 2021 in February of 2021 talking about Zach Wilson being a top five pick from Utah because arguably he's playing his first season his first you know college football in a Utah uniform in 2020 and that's just not enough tape to warrant being a first round pick like it's just it's not the same so but i agree like he takes over in 2020 and hopefully he's on a similar trajectory of some sort and uh and because obviously there's talent there and Mm. so he he takes over but uh it's just it's it's a fascinating conversation to to have because Mm. there's so many like unknowns and but it's just it's fun to talk about and i and i agree wholeheartedly tom like Zach Wilson should have ended up at Utah.
0: Yeah, and 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 for the record, I think you you hit the nail on the head as well when when you talk about look, Zach Wilson's probably not Zach Wilson if he came comes to Utah because you're right, he's not. But you know what? He's probably coming in before Jason Shelley is in 2018. Sure. Uh, after Tyler Huntley snapped who knows? his collarbone yeah. or whatever, and maybe maybe Tyler Huntley never sees the field again because Zach Wilson tears it up the remainder of the year and, and wins the job. Who knows? But yeah, but but you are right in the sense that like zach and here's the other here's here's what we also have to remind ourselves when it comes to zach wilson he was he was good um he was really good this year, previous years he was good Steve before last season, he was still fighting for that number one job. There was Crazy. still conversation yeah that remember before the twenty twenty season. I remember KSL Sports, you know, and, and Mitch Harper and, and the BYU game, Carl Island and, and those those sort of heated discussions yeah. as to who starts a quarterback. And we were posting stuff on, at KSL Sports, Zach Wilson or Jaron Hall or whatever his name is, or then, then somebody yeah, else. In there. like, You know, it's like, and and to, to just to think that we were even having that conversation nine pretty months crazy. ago is wild. Yeah, pretty crazy. Zach Wilson's yeah. like, a, a, it's Trevor Lawrence and then Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. Mind-boggling.
1: Yeah, pretty crazy, man. I, and, like, that's that's something to always consider, just how quickly, you know, <laughs> storylines, headlines uh, <laughs> can change. when yeah. You know, when you perform performing. You know, we can argue about uh, BYU's schedule and how tough it actually was for BYU. Like, the fact is, like, Zach Wilson went out and, and did his thing. And, like, that's all you can ask. Like, he maximized the opportunity this year, as did everybody on that BYU roster. And so, kudos to them. They, they are, they, you know, they deserve it. They earned it. They went out, proved it. Like, yeah. that's, that's all that you can ask. And you can only play the schedule that's, you know, on, that's scheduled. And, like, that's, that's it. So, <laughs> but it's, it's crazy when you think back to it. Like, we were, like there were legitimate debates about starting quarterback job, like whether Zach Wilson was going to be the guy or whether Jaron Hall was going to take over. Like, yeah, it wasn't too long ago they were having those discussions as well.
0: That's and now Zach. Wilson's it's crazy. Zach Wilson's driving Bentleys in Los Angeles, and jeez, yeah, yeah. Did you see the house <laughs> he's staying at too? By the
1: way, no, I no. Uh-uh. Oh, dude, I'll.
0: I'll have to send Oh, you I have
1: BYU football. I have the the BYU football account, Twitter account blocked. Like I am not looking at that stuff. I'm not looking for that.
0: Okay, well you can you can rely on me to send you this sort of stuff because it is crazy dude. Like it's a it's a beach house, you know, Santa Monica pier type. And it is a it is it's going to be worth, I don't know. It's going to be worth 10-15 <laughs> million. He so he is he he's filmed. Exactly BYU he's
1: boosters, filming. man.
0: What are they doing? Uh, They they can do whatever they want right now. He's walking through the house. There's a PS5 on the dining room table. Like, oh, it's disgusting, Steve. (laughs) It's utterly disgusting. Uh, Oh, it's good stuff. Hey, is there any recruiting updates, or are we in a dead period now because they just had signing day?
1: Yeah, so we're in a recruiting dead period. Like, like, there have been a lot of offers going out, but we're in a recruiting dead period until I think – Currently, I think it's April 15th is when it's currently set. But the issue is the NCAA is set to vote on potentially extending the dead period even further into May, which that would eliminate another spring evaluation period, uh, which would be that would be very, very. uh, That would be that would be a big loss for not only the recruits. Uh, but for the football programs as well, you lose out on that spring evaluation period where you can get out on the road and evaluate kids and, you know, kids can come to camps and that kind of stuff. Like you lose that for the sixth straight year, that, that sucks. Yeah. So um, outside of that, man, there's not really a lot going on, you know, in, in recruiting there, Utah's just kind of, you know, <laughs> working away at it, but nothing, nothing really,
0: Utah's just trying to figure out their quarterback algorithm, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, good thing is they already have a quarterback commit, and JP Zamora out of Washington. Oh, so that's they're, right. They're set there. The TikTok yeah, set star. There. He's a TikTok <laughs> he star. Is. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Dude, you didn't know he was a TikTok star? <laughs> I didn't know. No, I didn't know Oh, that. Steve. Dude, he's got like a hundred. Kendra, of- Kendra's. Kendra's my source for TikTok. I only I only know TikTok is you know by the stuff that she sends me. She doesn't send me stuff from JP Zamora. I've got to check this me- stuff out now.
0: Okay, hold your horses. I just want to confirm that I'm JP Zamora TikTok. I'm clicking on it. I'm just going to. We we're not going to watch videos together, although that would be cute. Ah uh, uh, dear, just continue with Apple, I guess. Sure. Sorry, give me two. Oh, here. Oh, for the love, it's making me sign in. I guess it doesn't matter. Um, I thought I had a TikTok, but I, I. Oh, here you go. Two hundred eight point eight thousand followers, dude.
1: Dang, the boy's got some followers.
0: He's got over two hundred thousand followers.
1: That's incredible.
0: So, uh, he's doing something right, man. I would consider. Yeah, he is. I would like consider maybe not playing football, putting my health at risk and just making crazy coin on the old tickety tocker But uh anyway, it's neither here nor there. Steve, off. uh enough's enough, my man. You've got a wedding you've got to get ready for, so get the hell out of here. Uh best of <laughs> luck. Send Kendra Thank you. uh send Kendra our love, as always, and I will uh I'll be seeing you a week from now, but 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 we won't be hearing good. from you. So uh, enjoy, my man, and soak it all in. All everyone, right, just go get it,
1: big boy. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, man.
0: Thanks, appreciate Steve. it. Thanks, wave Super. <laughs> See you guys next week. Bye.